0: We're continuing on the series of uh, of Such is the Kingdom of God. And it's uh, basically a series teaching us as to how children feature in the kingdom of God and how they actually fit into the kingdom of God. And in the previous teaching, we had a look at the fact that um, every man's spirit does die um, that are born into the earth. We saw that everyone is born spiritually alive to God. But there comes a time in every single person's life when their spirit dies And then they are separated from God at that point in time. And we said that it is sin that kills the the human spirit. For the scripture teaches us that uh, death enters through sin. And and so it is um, not a case that we inherit sin from our parents. Uh, We inherit a sinful body from our parents. and We differentiated in the previous teaching between the spirit of man and the body of man. And we said that the spirit of man comes directly from God, which is sinless. The body of man, however, comes from our parents uh, all the way back to Adam through his bloodline, which is sinful. And so we said that um, as we grow up in this life, although our spirits are spiritually alive and light unto God, um, because the body is sinful, the the body um, exerts influence on children and in... um, basically it in, induces them to commit sin, coerces, coerces them, I suppose is a better word to use, to commit sin. And then we also saw that the, the, the environment that we grow up in in this world basically is a sinful environment. And so all children really have a lot going against them in this life. Although they're born spiritually alive unto God, uh, almost from day one they learn how to sin against God. Um, because the flesh that we dwell in is sinful in nature. We had a look at that in the previous teaching. And so the flesh only desires to commit sin. And we said that the will of man is not strong enough to overcome the uh, sin in the flesh. It is only Jesus Christ that can overcome sin in the flesh, and that is why we need a Savior. And so all men eventually do sin. When they do sin, because all men are born under law, So, although they're born spiritually alive unto God and their spirits are light, because everyone is born under the law, um, the moment that this uh, individual commits sin at, at the age of accountability, then the spirit dies straight away because there is no grace there. So, we said there is a grace period from the time that the child is born until the age of accountability. And it is during that grace period that God deems children to have no knowledge of good and evil. He deems them to be innocent, and he does not impute sin to them, even though they do commit sin all the way. Um, But it is only at the age of accountability that God then holds them accountable for their sin for the first time, and when that happens, their spirits die. And so we must be born again. That is what our Lord Jesus was uh, teaching us when he spoke to Nicodemus. So we were born when we came into the earth. Each one of us were born of God. We eventually all died spiritually, and thus we all needed to once again be born again. That is what our Lord Jesus was teaching us um, in that passage of Scripture, and we'll quote it now. And that is in John's Gospel, chapter 3, beginning at verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now that water that he's referring to there is the water of the Word of God. For the Bible teaches us that Jesus washes us with the pure water of the Word. And so, unless one is born of the water water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now the Lord differentiates between that which is flesh and that which is spirit. In verse 6, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So that's what these physical bodies, uh, these physical bodies are born of the flesh and they remain flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so our spirits are born of, of the spirit of God. And so that's the Spirit is talking about. Verse 7: Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And obviously, um, the reason that they can't tell where it comes from, where it goes, is because no one can, uh, has ascended into heaven except Jesus Christ our Lord. And so. Um, the Spirit of God comes directly from God and the Spirit of God returns to God. And that is what he was talking about in that. But the point is really that our Lord is uh, was highlighting the truth for us. That is why every single person on the planet, in order to be saved, has to be born again. Because everybody at the age of accountability, no matter what race, religion or creed that they um, have grown up in, at the age of accountability, their spirits die. And they become separated from God. And the only way that they can be once again reconciled to God is they have to be born again. And that is what our Lord Jesus was talking about in that passage of Scripture. The Apostle Peter talks about it in his writings as well, and he uh, just re-emphasizes the truth of the fact that we were once begotten by God, every single one on the planet was once begotten by God, and those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior have once, being begotten again—that's um, in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. He writes, he says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead." So, in order for us to have be, to be begotten again, means that we must have been begotten once before. And so, yes, that was the case because as we've shown in this teaching series so far, everybody born into the earth is born of God. They have been begotten by God. They will die spiritually and thus in the mercy of God we are able to be begotten again um, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that's one of the reasons why the Lord, when He talks about in His parables, and we'll quote one of them now, He talks about coming to find the lost. You cannot come find, you can't go looking for the lost if they were never yours in the first place. And so we all belonged to God at one time when we were born into the earth. We all strayed from God and thus became lost. And Jesus has come to find the lost. That's what He said when He came to the earth one parable we can look at is in Luke chapter 15 verse 3 to verse 7. Uh, scripture says, So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. And so again, the, the, the parable is very plain, that all of us belong to God at one time. We then became lost when we were separated from God, when our spirits died, and Jesus has come to find the lost and as i say you can't go find something that was lost if you never had it in the first place Um, clearly we all belong to god in the first place the other parable which is very uh, um, well known is the parable of the prodigal son it's exactly the same uh, truth that our lord is teaching us because that son also at one time was a son He went away, and he became lost, and he returned to his father. Look at what our Lord says about him in that particular parable, Luke 15, verse 24. This is the father speaking. He says, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to make merry. And so that's the principle that our Lord was teaching us when he was on the earth. He said, you guys used to belong to God. You've all become lost sheep. And I've come to find the lost sheep and bring them back into the fold. And so that is the whole principle around uh, our salvation, really. And the fact is that, as I say, we all need to be born again. And we are born again in Christ Jesus. So... I trust that you understand the concept. Everybody born into the earth is born spiritually alive to God. Um, We have a lot going against us during our lives in the earth because our our bodies that we've inherited are sinful in nature and will only commit sin. Uh, The environment we grow up in is sinful in nature and it encourages us to commit sin. And so we do start committing sin. But nevertheless, we're in a grace period. We are up until the age of accountability. Our spirits remain alive to God. And it's at the age of accountability where God says, okay, that's it, now you're a man, now you are accountable for your sin. The moment that that happens, our spirits die. Because when we commit sin, death enters by sin. And we're all born under the law. None of us are born under grace. Grace is only in Christ Jesus. And you can only enter into grace if you belong to Christ. And so, spirits die. We then are lost Jesus then comes, and he then redeems us, he then finds us, and we are thus born again. And that is how it works. We are then made spiritually alive once again to God, and he becomes our father once again. We are begotten again by his mercy. That's uh, how the principle basically works. And so the question then arises, is when do we become accountable? Because there is this cutoff age and I've alluded to it so far in this series, that the cut-off age is the age of 13, and we need to just establish that from Scripture today. I said we would get to the point where I would then um, show from Scripture why it is that I say that at the age of 13, that is the age of accountability for every child, uh, when God first holds them accountable for um, their sin in their lives. And so we're going to go through a bit of Scripture now because we want to establish Also, why it is that God does not hold children accountable for sin up to that age of accountability? And the first scripture we want to look at is in Romans chapter 9, verse 11. The scripture says, For the children not yet being born. So we're talking about children in the womb. From the the moment of conception up until birth. This is what this passage of scripture is talking about. It says, For the children not yet being born. He's talking about Uh, Esau and Jacob they were the twins inside uh, Rebecca's womb nor having done any good or evil that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works but of him who calls and so here God says to us that children from conception until birth do not do any good or evil so all children in the womb uh, God deems them to have no sin They do not do any good, but neither do they do any evil. So every child from conception until birth that dies during that nine-month period, for whatever reason, that child goes straight to God. That child goes straight to heaven because that that spirit came from God and that spirit returns to God. Uh, Just a bit of an aside here. Under the old covenant, the saints couldn't be born again. It's only under the new covenant we can be born again in Christ Jesus. And so when the saints died under the old covenant, I'm talking about saints now, I'm talking about believers, they could not ascend into heaven because they would, their spirits were still sinful, their spirits were still dead, um, and so they could not go to heaven. They went to the place called Abraham's bosom, and our Lord spoke about Abraham's bosom when he was on the earth. Um, he spoke about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man goes down to hell, Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom, and Samuel was there, Moses was there, Abraham was there, they were all there. And that was under the earth, and they could not go to heaven. Um, After our Lord Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, 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 Peter's epistles teach us, and Paul's um, writing teaches us that Jesus went into that location, preached the gospel to them, they were born again, each one of them, and Jesus then took them up into heaven with him when he ascended into heaven. But all children Prior to our Lord Jesus coming to the earth, they died, went straight to heaven. They didn't go via Abraham's uh, bosom. The reason being is because their spirits were spiritually alive. Their spirits were not spiritually dead. So they were not separated from God. So they did not need to go into Abraham's bosom and wait for the coming Messiah to come and preach the gospel to them so they could be born again and go to heaven. All children under the old covenant that died, and I'm talking about children across the planet, not just the Jewish children. When they died, their spirits being spiritually alive to God, they ascended straight into heaven. So there was a difference in the Old Covenant between the saints that died. The saints that died went to Abraham's bosom, but the children that died went straight to heaven. That's the difference. Anyway, so we're talking about children in the womb. Uh, The scripture tells us they do not do any good or evil, and so they remain spiritually alive during that period. Now, from the time of birth up until the age of accountability, again, God holds children unaccountable for sin. He does not impute sin to them. And because He does not impute sin to them, they do not sin. They do sin, technically, obviously, but God doesn't hold them accountable for their sin. And because God does not hold them accountable, He overlooks their sin, their spirits remain alive. And so, again, from age, from birth, Up until the age of accountability, any child that dies goes straight to heaven because their spirits are still alive to God. And so the scriptures, we've had a look at these two scriptures already, but we'll just go through them again, where God speaks about what the condition is of children in the earth. And he says in Psalm 106, verse 37 and 38, uh, God speaking, he says, They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. And so God uh, says that children have innocent blood. And if if, if one is uh, deemed to be innocent before God, no one else can pronounce him guilty. For it is God who casts into into hell, and it is God who uh, takes up into heaven. So all children, as far as God is concerned, are innocent. And so they cannot, their spirits cannot die because God has said they're innocent. And we can't argue with God on the issue. We can, I suppose, but guess who's going to win the argument? Then the other scripture we want to look at is Deuteronomy 139. Again, God speaking about children. Moreover, your little ones, this is God speaking. Moreover, your little ones and your children, who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good and evil. They shall go in there. To them I will give it, and they shall possess it. And so God says to us, children have no knowledge of good and evil. Um, Now, they commit sin, but they have no knowledge of good and evil. They don't have, and we've spoken about this already, their conscience has not, the eyes of their conscience have not yet been opened. And the conscience is given to man so that he may have knowledge of good and evil. For you recall, when Adam and Eve's eyes were opened, they had knowledge of good and evil uh, for the first time. That was their conscience. Children don't have that ability. They have a conscience, it's latent inside of them, but God closes the eyes of the conscience. He does not open the eyes of their conscience until their age of accountability. And so they don't have any knowledge of good and evil. Now we can teach children the right and the wrong way, and they will learn by example and the way that we teach them to think. Nevertheless, their conscience is not, it doesn't get brought to bear during their growing up as a, as a, as a child. Um, so where's an adult Their conscience will convict them when they do something wrong. The child won't, because they don't have they have a conscience, but the eyes of their conscience hasn't yet been opened. And God says they have no knowledge of good and evil. Um, So they just cannot differentiate. They can, from the point of view, be trained up in the way that they should go. But from the point of view of their conscience convicting them, it doesn't work because their conscience is not operational while they are children. And so Paul also just related, and we're just going to go through the same scripture again, which we've spoken about before, about the fact that there came a time in Paul's life where God said to Paul, All right, Paul, now you're a man. And because you're a man, you are now going to be held accountable for your sin. When God did that, Paul committed sin, and the very first sin that Paul committed, the scripture is silent on the issue as to what Paul what sin Paul committed, nevertheless, the very first sin he committed his spirit died and he was separated from God Romans chapter 7 verses 9 to 11 Paul speaking he says I was alive once without the law children are not under law they're born under the law but they're not under the law because they are not held accountable to the law now we do as parents hold children accountable and they get punished if they step out of line but nevertheless from the point of spiritual life and spiritual death God does not hold them accountable. For if He did, they would have to die spiritually because that is what happens to everybody who sins under law. Um, the, when sin is committed under law, spiritual death occurs. That's the, the immediate consequence. Think about Adam and Eve. And so, God has children under grace during their childhood, in that He does not hold them accountable spiritually for their sin. But parents are required to hold the children accountable so that they can be trained up in the way that they should go. Anyway, so Paul says, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So there was that day in Paul's life where God said, Paul, now you're a man. This is when you're going to be a... The commandment will come in your life now. Verse 10, And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it, Killed me, Talk, Paul talking about his spirit, died, and he became separated from God, and thus Paul also needed to be born again, so now we 're going to get to the age of thirteen. Why have I been going on about the age of thirteen as being the cutoff period? Well, cutoff maybe not the right term, but the age at which God says the children is now are no longer under the the grace of childhood, God now deems them to be. Uh, a man and a woman, and they are now to be held accountable for their sin. Well, the first account we want to look at is in Genesis, Genesis chapter seventeen, beginning at verse twenty-four. And this is the account of Abraham when he uh, was given the covenant of circumcision by God. And it is very uh, important for us to see the the. the uh, The timing when God decides to give Abraham the covenant of circumcision. Because when God decided to do it, Ishmael, his son who was born after the flesh, was 13 years old. It was on Ishmael's 13th birthday that God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And we'll read the account uh, from verse 24. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael. And all the men of his house, born in the house or born with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. And so it's very important that the scriptures reveal to us Ishmael's age. Uh, when he was circumcised because that is the age when um, even the Jewish tradition holds Jewish boys accountable as men for the first time they call their their tradition Bar Mitzvah and it is at the age of 13 that Jewish boys transition from being boys to becoming men and so from that day uh, the Jewish nation deems Uh, a a Jewish boy to have become a man and that's exactly what happened with Ishmael and on his 13th birthday he was circumcised and he became a man and as I say it's very uh, significant for us that the scripture um, highlights the truth that God introduced the covenant of circumcision on Ishmael's 13th birthday because Ishmael became a man at that time Another scripture we want to look at is um, when our Lord Jesus raised Talita from the dead. Because it's important, there's a number of truths that we can pick up from this passage of scripture that just highlight the truths to us regarding children and how God views children in the kingdom of God. And roles that parents play with regards to authority in the child's life as well. Um, There's a, a number of truths that we can pull out of this passage of scripture. But let's read it and we can comment on it. The scripture is in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning at verse 22. The scripture says, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, talking about Jesus, he fell at his feet, and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. um, Only believe. Verse 37. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child, very interesting, important what our Lord says, the child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was laying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita Kumi, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was twelve years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement, and he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given to her to eat. And so we see the account of our Lord raising Talita from the dead. But there's a number of truths that we get out of this account. The main one being that the Holy Spirit finds it very important for us and significant for us to put into this parable the age of the child. For the Scripture says, "For she was twelve years old age. Twelve years old. Uh, Let me just get the wording right. Sorry, I'll go back there. Um, Scripture says." immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age and so it was it's very significant for us that her age is given to us in this particular uh, account when our lord raises her from the dead because jesus could only raise people from the dead who are saints of god it is only possible to call back the spirit of a saint into their body well, the spirit of a person who descends into hell, once they enter into hell, they cannot come out until their day of judgment. That's it. They have, uh, God has decreed. And whoever descends into hell can't come back. Uh, they will be raised on their day of judgment at the last day, but until that time they remain there. However, there are many accounts, well, numerous accounts, of saints who have been raised from the dead. The, the reason for that is, is because they've ascended into heaven and their spirits can come back. God has given us that authority to bring their spirits back. And so Peter raised some uh, person from the, the dead. Paul raised a person from the dead. Uh, there are numerous accounts of individuals being raised from the dead. But, but unbelievers cannot be raised from the dead because their spirits cannot return to them. And so when our Lord Jesus is going to go and raise this little girl from the dead, well, he goes to heal her. She dies while he's on the way. But our lord needed to know what her age was because he needed to know that he could raise her from the dead which is why he understood that she was 12 years of age even before he went to go and pray for her for our lord knew that had she been past the age of 12 in other words she had her 13th birthday and she had died she would have descended into hell and she would not have been able to be raised from the dead that's the one aspect the other aspect is um the parent's authority in her life Jesus needed, that's why our Lord says to uh, his father in verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, which is her father, do not be afraid, only believe. And so Jesus needed the faith of the parents to be operational in order for him to be able to raise the little girl from the dead. Why is that? Because God has placed children under the authority of their parents. And so that authority extends to the realm of faith for their children as well. And so God expects the parents to have faith for their children in order for them to be able to receive blessing from God for their lives. In this case, they needed to have faith in Jesus that he could raise them from the dead. But Jesus needed the parents. Jesus could not have gone into that room alone to raise the little girl from the dead because Jesus recognized the authority that the parents exercised over the child. And so that's what Jesus worked with when he took Peter, James and John with him and then he takes the mother and the father with him into the room so that he can then raise the child from the dead. But again, it's very significant for us that the Holy Spirit deems it necessary to give us the age of the child when she is raised from the dead why important important because god wants to show us that up until the age of 12 all children are still children for all through that passage the holy spirit calls her the child jesus calls her a child jesus calls her a little girl and so even though she's 12 years old believe you me there's some 12 year olds in the earth today especially among young women and young girls that really you know are quite I don't want to use the word mature, but they certainly don't behave like children. Nevertheless, as far as God is concerned, they are still children and their spirits remain alive to Him. So that is a very important passage of Scripture for us to to understand about the cutoff age of 13. And then we get to um, the last passage of Scripture that I want to look at, which then identifies this age of 13. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ himself because there are those who teach that they, they teach there isn't an age of accountability uh, they agree with that um, but what they say is that each child has a different age of accountability so some reach the age of accountability earlier than others some reach that age of accountability a lot later than others but that's not the case at all God is not unjust God uh, treats everyone equally and so age of 13 is the cutoff Um, for every single person on the planet now before we have a look at our lord jesus i just want to reiterate some other aspects which would help us to understand a few things you get uh, people that are born into the earth who never mature past childhood think about those who are down syndrome uh, people that are born into the earth that although they grow into uh, adulthood and yeah they live long lives as adults they, they they have childlike understanding and capacity. And so mentally, they never grow further than ch- being a child. Now they also, God deems them to be children. And so if they were to die, they go straight to heaven as well. Because they have no concept to understand the gospel and things like that. And so God treats them, helps them in that same capacity. So all mentally... Um, challenged people that are born into the earth who never uh, become mature mentally um, they remain spiritually alive to God because they never reach that age of accountability um, as m- most people would in the earth but let's have a look at our Lord Jesus now and the account is in Luke chapter 2 beginning at verse 40 and again very important for us, the Holy Spirit, when he puts things into the Bible, he does it for a purpose, because he's wanting to teach us things. And so here as well, the Holy Spirit deems it very necessary for us to know the age of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so beginning at verse 40, the scripture says, And the child grew. Again, look at the wording that the Holy Spirit uses in describing Jesus Christ our Lord. God the Father deems at this time, Jesus, to be a child. The scripture says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem to, according to the custom of the Feast. And so, if ever there was a child who could have reached the age of accountability earlier than anyone else it would have been the perfect child of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the perfect son of God. And so if anyone could have reached the age of accountability before the age of 13, it would have been Jesus. He could have done that. But nevertheless, at age 12, God still calls his son a child. And so Jesus at age 12, and as I say, it's very important that the Holy Spirit puts the age in there. He wants to teach us this truth that at age 12, Jesus was still a child. He was not yet a man. And so the age of accountability is most definitely, biblically speaking, we've looked at Ishmael, uh, circumcised on his 13th birthday. We've looked at Talita being able to be raised from the dead because she was still 12 years old. We looked at our, at our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the Holy Spirit and God the Father still calls a child at age 12. And so... There's three witnesses in Scripture. The Bible says out of two or three witnesses, let every every word be established. And so those are the three witnesses that we have in Scripture that just point to the fact that every child up until the age of 13 remains a child as far as God is concerned. They have no knowledge of good and evil. They are innocent before Him. Their spirits remain alive. However, at their 13th birthday, because they're born under law, the moment they commit sin, whatever sin it is, it matters not. The spirit dies straight away. And that's what Paul was talking about. I once was alive without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. You're talking about your spirit then died. Now, just because um, age of 13 is the age of accountability and all die spiritually, does not mean that all, in fact, do die spiritually. What do I mean by that? Well, it is that there are many children that get brought up in Christian homes, in Christian environments. And at some stage as children, they understand the gospel. God opens the understanding to the gospel. And they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I've known of individuals at age four have recognized Jesus as being their Lord and Savior and they've given their hearts to Jesus. Now, I'm not, there's no doctrine I'm not on the issue. All I'm saying is that there are very many Christians who actually were born again before the age of 13. And so let's take a child who gets born again at the age of 10, for argument's sake. They never experienced spiritual death. Why do I say that? Well, they get born again at the age of of 10. The old man dies straight away and the new man comes straight away. You say, how does that work? I don't know, God knows. And so they get a new spirit. Well, it might not be, I don't know. The, The scripture just talks about the fact that they too are baptized into Christ. So what actually happens is that a child that gives their heart to Jesus is then immersed into Christ, is baptized into Christ everybody who's placed into Christ is placed under grace. So don't forget we said that everybody that's born into the earth is born under law. It is only those who are in Christ that it that are under grace. For the Bible teaches us that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The gospel of John and the epistle of John teaches us that truth. And so when we are born again, we are placed into grace or under grace we're taken from being under the law and we're placed under grace and so because we're under grace when we commit sin so let's just go back to a born again believer now born again believer gets uh, born again at age they die spiritually at age 13 they get born again at age 20 and they commit sin now if they were under law when they committed sin, their spirits should die straight away. But because they're not under law anymore, they're under grace, when they commit sin, God doesn't hold their, them accountable spiritually for their sin. And so their spirits remain spiritually alive. That's the concept. So we'll come back now to children who give their hearts to the Lord before the age of 13. God places them now under grace. And so when they commit sin, even when they reach the age of 13, their spirits don't die. Why is that? Because they're under grace now. They're not under law anymore. And so even though they get to the age of 13 and they sin, because they're under grace and not under law, their spirits don't die. Because it's under grace that our spirits remain alive in Christ. And so that's how that particular aspect of it works as well. How God does the transition when they give their hearts to the Lord I don't know. God knows. Um, it must probably be, if you study scripture, you can pick it up. But nevertheless, uh, it is quite possible. And uh, there are many uh, believers on the planet today who gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus while they were still children. And they, they could do that because they understood what they were doing. And the moment that that happened, God placed them in Christ under grace. And so when they reached the age of accountability at age 13, uh, that didn't affect their spirits once they could if they continued in committing sin uh, because they were under grace. And that's how that side of it works with regards to um, the, the child and from conception all the way through to age of 13 they remain, remain spiritually alive to God and if they were to die they would go straight to heaven. And that is why each one of us need to be born again. And that's as far as I want to go with the teaching today. Uh, We'll continue with the next teaching. We want to have a look at um, children in heaven and what their status is is in heaven. But uh, we're going to end the teaching on that particular point today. Amen.